This is a Podcast 225 production. The issues. What's going on now? What's happening in the state? The people. Carl Dabity. We've got Michael Shingleton. Taylor Moore. Jay Darden. Congressman Garrett Gray. Richard Condon. He is Ryan Clark. Sharon Weston Broom. The podcast. And we're going to talk about that. This is The Clay Young Show. Welcome back. Episode 190 is happening right now at Podcast 225.com. Good to have you here. Got a great conversation on the way for you today as we talk with a couple who exemplify being in love. A sitting member of the parish and city council, a pastor of a local church who is a former state police officer. They have seen some real life situations play out in both their professional and personal lives. And they're going to come in and talk with us about that. I'm talking about Mike and Tara Wicker, and they will be our guests here in studio as we kick off episode 190. Man, hopefully you're doing well. As we record this, we are fresh off of a very, very controversial week in sports, specifically the NFC championship game between the New Orleans Saints and the Los Angeles Rams. Interestingly enough, I just got off the phone with a friend of mine who is a diehard Saints fan. And when I tell you that after that conversation with him, I fear for his own safety, man, got to admit, Saints fan or not, That was a horrible missed call at the end of that game. Horrible. And Saints fans are going to be holding on to that for a long time. There's an attorney in New Orleans who is suing the NFL. There are people spending money on billboards. I got to say this. If Roger Goodell wants gumbo, he might want to get it in Atlanta or Mississippi. Don't come to New Orleans, bruh. I just would avoid it if I were you. Just a word to the wise. And then, as we come into this week in the Baton Rouge area, there is this controversy over Exxon and their ITEP program. It's the Industrial Tax Exemption Program, and there is some controversy over that now. And I wanted to get into it with Adam Knapp this week on this show. With uh, Adam was with Brack; he's been here before, and something kind of popped up, and we weren't able to get the interview done. I'm going to try to get him on next week. And even if, if before the week is over, if we can work something out, there may be a bonus show this week just talking about that. But this is a big deal. So if you're unfamiliar with it, it is a tax exemption program that would have given Exxon in tax breaks, I think a couple of million dollars. And the school board voted last week as we record this, to deny the exemption because of new state laws that require these taxing bodies to have say-so over this. And again, it's $2.9 million over about 10 years. And so the the school board backed away from it under pressure from teacher groups 
and some activist groups who don't think that it's fair that the work that Exxon was doing, that specific project is completed. And one of their arguments is don't let them, don't give them that money back. Let's put this money back into the classroom. And it was a 5-4 vote that is one of the rarest of defeats for ExxonMobil. And so it was slated to go to the Metro Council here in Baton Rouge. So they were going to vote on it. And then, of course, the sheriff's office was going to make a decision as well. But Exxon decided to pull the item from the Metro Council. They don't want it to go before them. And they put out a statement just basically lambasting the city and the business climate in Baton Rouge because of the sentiment that is in the air. And the mayor, uh, who hosts a podcast, by the way, here on Podcast 225, the We BR podcast, has come out and talked about Exxon being a great community partner, that they're a fabric, a part of the fabric of this community, they're going to continue to be a community partner, but all of that is up in the air now. And Exxon is kind of putting it out there that not only could this signal the end of expansion here, there might be a little bit of shrinkage in terms of their footprint here. And that is not good. So I, I got to get Adam in here to kind of talk through that. And we'll try to get people from both sides because the group Together Baton Rouge was vehemently against the ITAP program, ITEP program. So it's going to be, this is going to, this is one of those power move situations that is still yet to play out, but I got to say, it's it, the, the way these things go and some of the rhetoric that flies around when it comes to things like this is baffling to me. Now, if you want to make the argument that, you know, Exxon has finished the project and, you know, they don't deserve the tax exemption, I think that there people can make the argument either way. But some of the things that I've read I just like, wow, okay, that's not a re- that's not really a part of this discussion. So we're gonna dig into it. It was it's just kind of a last minute thing. And as I said, Adam had a conflict that blocked his ability to be able to be here with us and record a quick phone call for it. But but I'm working on that. And if we don't get it done this week, we are going to get something done next week to kind of give you perspective on what possibly can happen. I mean, some of which is speculation, I got to admit, on the front end, but some of the realities of what Exxon has already said could be pretty ominous because they are a large employer here in this part of the world, okay? And, I mean, Adam Knapp in a statement talked about how they have invested over a billion dollars here in recent years in partnerships with many, many community programs and things in the in the community. And... Um, I saw a quote here, and where's a quote from uh, Lieutenant General Russell Honore? He says, quote, it's not that we don't like Exxon, but it's time they put their big boy pants on and run their business based on their profit. Uh, quoting from an, uh, a portion of the Baton Rouge Advocate, the company rep- uh, a company representative, Megan Manchester noted that dozens of other companies have recently received, after the fact, exemptions. She goes on to say Exxon is being singled out for following the rules and following the advice we were given. Pay attention to this. I mean, this is going to be something. 
Pay attention to it. So again, I'll circle back on this subject matter because I think it's important. Okay, now for a great conversation with two fantastic people, Mike and Tara Wicker. We will talk with them next. Podcasts have become a great way to get radio on demand. If you've wanted your own podcast, the time to call us is now. This year, Podcast 225 will be launching new shows and yours can be one of them. You won't have to build your own website and you'll be able to use professional broadcast equipment that will make your show sound amazing. If you'd like to know more, call 225-214-1550. That's 225-214-1550. Be a part of the on-demand audio movement today. This is Dr. Mary Catherine Roderick. And I'm Katie Fetzer. We're the owners and co-founders of The Wellness Studio, a mental health practice with locations here in Baton Rouge and Covington. We are also your host for The Waiting Room Podcast here on podcast225.com. Our podcast is a journey into the world of mental health. On our show, we're going to discuss some of the various forms of mental health conditions. We're also going to shed light on the various ways our listeners can get a better understanding of how the mind works and why we do what we do. So subscribe today to get The Waiting Room Podcast here on Podcast225. Five.com, iTunes, and the Talk 107.3 mobile app. Back with Mike and Tara Wicker. Man, if you've ever been around these people as I have for a while, you would look at them and say, man, they ought to get married. They're all over each other. And chances are when you see people who are that in love, uh, they have a maturity about how you do it. And we're going to talk a little bit about that. Mike is a former Louisiana State Police Officer. He is currently the senior pastor and one of the founders of Lighthouse Christian Fellowship Church. Tyra has worked in city government inside of an administration, and she is now a sitting member of what we call the Metro Council. Wickers, what's up? Hi. Hello, hello. How's everybody? Uh, So how was was the holiday? And, And I left out one important thing. They are the parents of six Count them. Six children. (laughs) Yes, we are. So let's first talk about the holidays. How was the the holiday period for you guys? I think the holidays went really well. Um, You know, we had, of course, both of us woke up and we realized that he had a speaking engagement. I had a speaking engagement. We were thinking we were going to go together. And I'm like, I got somewhere else to go. I got to be somewhere else. And so we went our separate ways. And then I caught up on the tail end of his speaking engagement. And, um, you know, that was sort of our day. And then um, at the end of the day, we realized that, wait, our 14-year-old's birthday is today. So, wow. yeah, it was it was kind of wild. And so late last night, we uh, we all got together, went to the restaurant and, and ate. And she had an absolutely wonderful time. So it's, it's never a dull moment, needless to say. But yeah. it was great. The holidays was really great. How, you know, Mike, being in state police, for how, how long were you a state police officer? Uh, I actually was a trooper for nine and a half years. Uh, nine and a half years. Yeah, me and uh, Murphy Paul, we were in the class together and uh, uh, several of the ones here, man. And it was a great, great experience, man. But God just had a different call yeah. uh, for my life when he called me out of state police to pastor and uh, started pastoring in 2001 at Bethany World Press Center. Mm-hmm. And... Um, uh, was there until 2014, man, when God uh, called us out to start Lighthouse. So, how'd you guys meet? Wow. Do you <laughs> really want to know this story? You really want to know this story? Wow, man. Well, 1985. He stalked me. That's <laughs> <laughs> This is my high school sweetheart, first of all. You know, um, um, when I met Tara, um, she was actually dating 
um, one of my friends. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, you know, you got that bros before, you know. Yeah. You know, <laughs> what? Kind of deal. So we, Don't worry about it, Tyra. We'll so tell you later. I was kept asking him, but when I came around, I was uh, actually tutoring at Southern Lab. Um, I was actually tutoring math there and for that summer, and she was in Upper Bound. And I walked to the office, and, um, I man, I looked uh, – and saw the most beautiful person I had ever seen in my life. And I just knew at that moment that that was it for me. Yeah. And he was 15 at the time. Let's 15, just yeah. clarify. No, you were 14. He yeah. was 14 at the time. I was about time. to yeah. make 15. Now, Tyra's like, don't, 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 don't everybody be thinking that he's a grown man coming in. <laughs> no, 14. <laughs> I'm tutoring, but no, no, he was a no, student tutor. I was a student tutor. Uh, I did pretty well in math. My mom's a math teacher, so, I, you know. And so, actually, I looked and I pursued her all that summer. Um, I checked my buddy, and buddy, he wasn't real interested there. He had a few other options that he was pursuing, so which I was happy So he made a plan. He made a plan, Clay. And you got to hear the plan. So it's the middle of July, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. The middle of July. And so he he lives sort of right close to campus. Um, well. Well, I lived, yeah, I, I lived in uh, Park Vista, which wasn't too far, maybe three or four miles from campus. And one of the main things that happened uh, is I, I didn't have the swag that I have now. You know, I didn't have the tailors. He had one suit. I had, I had one suit. And it hey, was, all of us had to start somewhere. It, it was wool. It, it was wool. And I had suit. a wool hat and some gloves. In July, I'm walking down Scotland Avenue all the way, all the way from his house. <laughs> to impress this young lady, man. So he's sitting there with his gloves. <laughs> And his wool hat. Because they went with mom. his wool vest. And I know he was probably sweating so bad underneath there. And he's like trying to be just so cool. He's cooking in that wool yeah. suit. Though. I was good. And I'm bro. like not even paying attention. I'm like, what's up? And um, that's how we met, right? That's how and we so met. actually, it went then we were, I was part of the. Um, National, uh, it was a national youth sports fest, and uh-huh. it was in at 1985 LSU. at LSU. And um, a team of us from from Southern, they would take the kids on these trips. Um, and I was on the trip. He happened to be on the trip as well. Saw uh-huh. me walk in. Told one of his friends, "There's Tara. Please let's introduce me." <laughs> and um, and he we introduced ourselves and sat down. And she asked me to come sit. I asked her, "Can I come sit with her?" And she said, "Yes." And that's pretty much history after that one. Man. I still have the coin. The coin. Yeah. So they gave out these really nice co- um, coins, 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 and on the back of it it says National Youth Sports Fest 1985. It's one of my next to my children, one of my most prized possessions that I have. It's a great story, yeah. man. It's Kudos start. to you for remembering a bunch of the details, because <laughs> you know when you start down those memories as a husband, if right. you get facts wrong, right, you got to pay for that, man. Well, so usually she looks at me for the details on a lot of yeah, that stuff. Yeah, he's the detail man. guy. <laughs> well, so. And here you are now, and it's so interesting. One of the one of the reasons that I wanted us to talk is, you know, we've known each other a while, but you you ba- you balance being parents with being public people, mm-hmm. obviously, with Mike being the pastor of a church, mm-hmm. and then you sitting on the city council. You're at you're interacting with people all the time, right. which means, and this is something for people to think about, is that people are watching you yes. right. all the time. Right. Yes. And you can't get away from it, which is why I always encourage people to guard your in-house self. Right. Well, what has to happen, your your public you has to be your private you. That's right. Mm -hmm. If you don't have character, you know... um, which is the consistent thing on the inside of you that you do every day. Uh-huh. and When no really, one's looking. Right. right. And what really had to happen with us is uh, it starts with faith. Yeah. Um, 
you know, as a you asked me, um, I was at state police and I left state police. The reason I left state police because God radically changed my life. Uh-huh. I, I wasn't always this nice guy, you know. Um, God transformed my mess of my life. The last five years at state police, I was a deep undercover uh-huh. state trooper, uh, where I worked in state police narcotics. I worked um, DEA task force and part of FBI task force. I yeah. had three badges at one time, which <laughs> was weird, and they uh, and all kind of aliases and led me into all kind of lives. Uh-huh. And yeah. when God radically changed my life, um, he really saved our marriage because we were on the road to what everybody else is. And they see me and Tara now and they see that we're inseparable, but they don't know that we almost lost each other. Yeah, almost, the drama. The, the drama, drama that happened. You know, and, and it's interesting because, and I think about this all the time, even with our kids, and people tend to forget that, especially with us being you know, the ministry, uh, politics, just everything that we do. Uh-huh. Our, even our kids don't have the option of having that, you know, public-private. I mean, you have, you wa- you're you watched everywhere you go. Uh-huh. So we go to the restaurant, it's like, you have no idea who's sitting around you. Right. You have noticed your face, right. recognize you as pastor or, or yep. local elected official. Yep. And I'm sitting here like, y'all better not move. Yeah. Y'all better sit here. Yeah. You know, and so it, it's, it's, it's a pressure. But it's something I think that for our family, we've done it for so long mm-hmm. it's kind of second nature to us the kids recognize that the same rules don't apply you know right. even when you think that you can be the normal 16 year old yep. and do everything that the normal 16 year olds do yeah. you know you can't post stuff on no. on social media and right. not have consequences that's right so it's interesting but um it, it the benefits i think far outweigh the, yeah. the costs too you know mike was referencing a second ago that people see how you you are now and right. but they don't know the work that has gone into that nor is it their business mm-hmm. however i do think think there is something to be said for people understanding the importance of priorities. Yes. Right. So talk about that a little bit. You know, the greatest investment that you ever can do is in family. Uh-huh. And I think that's what's uh, when I look at our community and we look at everything that's happened, the erosion of family is huge. And yeah. so family is very important to us, but extended family, church family, those anybody that we can help. And, and become their family. Mm-hmm. We're, yeah, we're always doing that. And, and that's always so genuine because it's important. Uh, you know, I, I grew up in a home without a father. Um, my father was killed in a car accident when I was five. That kind of sent me on the road of state police mm-hmm. kind of deal. And my wife grew up, uh, her mom and dad went through a divorce when she was about five. Mm-hmm. And so even though we had a personal goal of, man, we want to have a great marriage, you know, you know, sometimes that that don't work like that, Glenn, you know. And so we had to get rid of some some demons. We had to yeah. get rid of some stuff and sure. come out of some stuff that really should have been on Jerry Springer and Ricky Lake yeah. or whatever. Somebody you know? should have been yeah. dead. Somebody should have been dead. Half the kids listening right now going, who is Jerry Springer? Right, who is Ricky right, Lake? Right. Man. But, uh, you know, a lot of things that we came out of yeah. and God really took our, our mess and, and, and gave us a platform to really love each other, to fall back as best friends and yeah. to, to d- decide that we want to give a strong foundation of family mm-hmm. to our children. Yeah. And, and I think that becomes the sort of the message that, that is out there. When you're talking about priorities, it really is about, you know, 
what is the image that you want to make sure is set out there for for yourselves, for the community, you know, for your children, especially. And, you know, for us, it, it means having that firm foundation, just being solid, being open and transparent with yourselves and with each other and making sure that you understand that this is really about. You know, we have so many different pockets and so many things that we do in our life. People always say, I have no idea how y'all do all the stuff that you do. Because from one moment, we're ministering to a couple at 2 o'clock in the morning. We're, we're up at meetings uh-huh. at speaking engagements. Then we're, you know, out at the restaurant trying to make sure that we're really great parents and we're spending time with our kids. And, you know, the only answer that I ever have is, is you know, it has to be, it's God's grace. God's uh-huh. grace makes what should be hard easy. And so his grace covers us and gives us the ability to be able to yeah. function at that level. But at the core of who we are, we have to make sure that we keep um, the realness of who Uh we are. And I think that translates to everybody. We're just we're very real. We're very open. We're very transparent. We just are normal people trying to live a normal life. It's interesting. The the work that goes into it, man. When you are younger, you have almost no perspective Mm -hmm. of how life toughens your hide Mm -hmm. through the things that you go through that will help you when you are about to go through something else. And it's, it's, it's a perspective of thinking, you know, when tough times happen, when you've crossed Mm -hmm. through and you being a pastor, a minister, talking to people about perseverance of faith, Mm -hmm. I'm sure you talk with them about that, but nothing teaches like life. And it's, it is, it is so underrated as an experience, mm-hmm. you know, with again, people who are the calmest, who mm-hmm. keep their heads the best mm-hmm. are people who have been through some things. Mm-hmm. And that is, it's kind of talk about that because I think that's why your perspective is so well. It's oh, like, yeah. man, when the boat rocks now, we can go to sleep because we know this ship ain't sinking. That's right. Well, I think uh, one of the great things that people really need to look at that we're all given a gift. We're mm-hmm. given gifts of time. We're given gifts of opportunities sure. we're given, you know, and I've learned to even look at tragedy as a gift. Absolutely. You know, cause Jesus didn't come to this earth to just hang out for 33 years. He came with a mission. He uh-huh. knew he had to die. Uh-huh. And so that gift of that assignment even. And so when you able to look and God even trust me with a gift of how I grew up and what was that about? I could stay and say, well, man, I, I didn't have this and didn't do this. So I could decide that, I'm going to do the very best I can do to make sure nobody else dies in Baton Rouge. Nobody else has to go and be unfathered. I can use every moment of every day to be the right example and not the excuse. You know, and I think going back to just, you know, raising kids, because that's just so much a part of what we do. A lot of times we have to be careful because a lot of times when you've grown up with tough situations without Uh your dad and, Uh you know, grew up in a a household where, you know, mama was just surviving and you just kind of had to figure it out. You, you, you tend to have this kind of tougher shell. It's kind of like, come on, pick yourself up, keep on going. You don't have the option. You're, you're sort of bred to be a survivor, right? And so you don't have the option to just kind of cower down and say, I don't know what I'm going to do. Right. And so we, in our tendency to try to almost, I think sometimes shield our children from that and making sure that we are there and they have what they need. Yeah. We recognize too, there's a downfall to that yeah. because we have to realize, oh, how in the world did we overcome that? How do we, you know, know that we had to get up and go to school no matter if mama said get up and go to school or not right. to go to work. It was because we had to walk through that. So mm-hmm. even with our kids, we have to force ourselves to sort of st- take a step back and say, uh, no, you got to walk through this. 
others and watch them walk through things so that they can grow because we recognize that our experience of us going through it as hard as it was as kids it really made us stronger and it made us who we are today you know people say that this generation is softer and lazier people said that about our generation People said it about the generation before. Mm -hmm. And I kind of made an observation some time ago thinking about it. And I think it is often because some things that you go through as a kid and as a young adult, when you have children, you generally say, I don't want my children to go through that. Not realizing at the time, going back to what I said earlier, that that high toughening part of life is good for you. Nothing teaches a person to stand like learning how to get up. Yeah. <laughs> you know, as a as a pastor, one of the hardest lessons that I had to learn is being able to leave people in their pain. Yeah. Sometimes mm-hmm. because sometimes you want to just shield them and you want to just everything is flowery, everything yeah. is good. Yeah. But sometimes working through where you are step by step yeah. and allowing, you know, yourself to help people. You know, of course, we do that. We, we over help people, yeah. you know, but seeing certain situations, you know, only tough things in life sometimes have an opportunity. You, you, you can't replace out. the journey. I mean, there's so much value in the journey and mm-hmm. learning, you know, more so than just getting to the destination. When people back back up and realize, man, that's why I had to have that experience. That's why I had to go through that. Now I, I can understand and I can have a, a compassion and understanding for where I am now because I can look at the journey that I went through to get here and it's made me a better person. So your tendency is to shield people from that. But, I, you know, I value the journey because it's, it's necessary. Well, sometimes it takes age and perspective to appreciate that because patience is not something that... <laughs> That you have in excess when you're young. You just kind of want it to happen like in the next five minutes and then you realize how much of a weapon and a blessing time is mm-hmm. the longer you are around. Drilling down a little bit, you know, working in city parish government, pastoring a church, mm-hmm. having worked in the state police, you know in, in both your current and former lives about the ugliness of what people can do to one another. And now with social media, that has created a platform for people to be ugly in ways we have not seen before. What is your perspective and practice of not allowing that ugliness to make you cynical, bitter, and wanting to just, as, as the kids say now, clap back at everybody? Right. Right. I mean, I, I on purpose, um, shield myself from a lot of negativity because mm-hmm. there's there's so much out there that you can literally be absorbed by it and um we have a, a, a saying that i say in ministry i you know i treat everybody like they're saved you know and so i treat everybody i give everybody the benefit of the doubt right you know and so yeah it'll, it'll come a point in time where people will show their true colors or they'll do whatever but i literally on purpose sort of don't I don't read a lot of the negativity, and it's mm-hmm. interesting because I can, I've literally been in people's presence, and I've known that they've written an ugly article about right. me and done something, and I can see from their face, like, why are you even talking to me? You know, I just wrote this ugly article, mm-hmm. and I don't even know about it. So yeah. it allows me to be in a position of remaining uh, pure and just treating people the way mm-hmm. that I want to be treated. It's right. that same the, the same thing that we were taught. You just treat people the way you want to be treated. God works out mm-hmm. the rest of the stuff. And I've learned, you know, as a Christian and as an elected official, that um, the truth behind he will truly make your enemies your footstool. And so I've learned now to embrace that because at the end of the day, if you do that, they just 
They just send you high. Well, it's kind of like what I said to you the other day and, and that I teach you know my children that the cost of getting respect is giving respect. Right. That's right. it. Right? I mean, and that's that's really the thing. It's like if mm-hmm. if you give it to everyone, you have the right to expect it. That's right. 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 And, and that's deposits. just, but it, it ain't it ain't the other way around. Right. Like the, the cost of getting my respect is you respect. No, it doesn't work no. that way. Right, right. And so for you as a, as a pastor, well, yeah, with same same question. Well, you know, one of the things that you have to understand is that hurt people hurt people. Mm. Yeah. Number one. And so if I have someone coming out that's attacking a family or attacking an issue or uh, all of the divisiveness that we see in the community, a lot of times I say, OK, that's a hurt that's there. And the big thing about ministry, ministry is not uh, preaching from a pulpit and, and this and that. The ministry is about serving. Uh-huh. Being in politics should really be about serving. And that's why it kind of go hand in hand. Right. We just here to serve people. And 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 the best time and when, when I understand that if I can work through your hurt or if I can work through where you are, even if you don't want that assistance, even uh-huh. if you don't want that hurt, the thing about social media that you brought up earlier is if somebody didn't like you, you used to have to wait for the rumor meal. It may take two or three weeks for right. the rumor meal to come around. Right. You know, <laughs> but now with social media, it's so instant yeah. that, you know, somebody can drum up this drama. And I think that's why kids end up in all the little fights and scratches right. that right. they do. And a lot of times, even when stuff comes up that's negative or different, you know, a lot of times we just be still and know that God is God, you know, and that he's in control ultimately. And uh, like Tara said, the only thing that we want to sow into people is the things that we want to grow back. And so if we want to sow, you know, we'll be negative back, but we don't want that. So we just keep sowing the good things. We stay positive. It's hard, though, because... I don't have as much patience. It's kind of funny that like right. you don't have any when you're young and then you get some and the older you get, you have yeah. less of it. I don't understand that equation. I think it's just wisdom and, and wisdom. understanding where yeah. you can look at it from a much broader perspective. So you get wiser, you get less patient. Well, and when I see people like that, you know, that, that haven't grown to that point, I say, oh, there's, 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 they'll still, they are still stuck where they were before. Right. And yeah, so- I'm probably, I'm probably still stuck because I'm losing patience, Mike. I can't, you know, and I guess and, and, and not with, not with the silliness of life or a times or things that happen goodness knows that mm-hmm. that's just going to be a part right. of the journey right. I guess the thing that I lose patience with is I remember a time when uh, and people I grew up around specifically the men mm-hmm. if if there was a problem among them they would go to one another and, and have right. a conversation yeah right. and that's how I grew up learning how to deal with situations wow. is have have a conversation and I teach my children don't go to sleep with anything on your mind mm-hmm. that's going to keep you from resting yeah, deal you know. with it. Well, in this generation, and you don't have to be. By the way, dealing with it doesn't have to mean picking a fist fight. Right, it could just right. be a, just a, have a, a civil conversation. Yes. Well, right. I mean, I think our communities. You know, I thank God for all the social media advances and the technological advances that we have. But I think we've lost the art of communication. Yeah. Me and Tara just did a a a, 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 a class on this, and we talked about how people just lose the art of how to talk to one another. Mm-hmm. You know, um, we say something that's pot, that's strong all the time is I've never met a person that I didn't like once I have knew their story. If I've had uh-huh. enough time to sit there and talk to them uh-huh. and see where they're coming from and I can have an understanding uh, of what's going on. And I think people don't do that. We watch couples all the time as we 
invest our lives into other families and other couples. We watch them all the time at dinner, Clay, and they doing exactly yeah. their own. Yeah. Yeah. On the they're phones. They're sitting there, yeah. like, yeah. supposed to be eating dinner and yeah. enjoying each other, and they're on, the, on their cell Now, phones. we have a rule at the dinner table, no cell phones. Not even, you know, I don't bring Great mine. Rules. My wife doesn't bring hers. Great rule. You know, no phone at the... Yeah. I, I remember the last time it had to come up, my... You know, it was actually after we saw each other at a basketball game that our that our sons were, were playing, and we went over to grab dinner afterwards. Mm-hmm. And I thought he had fallen asleep, but he's looking at his phone. Wow. And uh, that I, that was one of the one a daddy moment happened yeah. right then yeah. to make him understand. It's like, look, if I don't have my phone here, dealing with people who can contact me about what I'm doing, you could not have your phone until yeah. you get back to the truck exactly. and we drive back to the house. Exactly. And it's just one of those things. Good. What about the importance of sitting down and having a meal as a family. Mm. I know y'all are busy, so you it probably can't do it every day, but do you try to do it, and what is the importance of doing it? I, th- I think it's absolutely huge. You know, uh, our mentors taught us that, um, and they had a family, has had a family, the Soxhills had a family just as large as ours, you uh-huh. know, six kids, and, you know, they made sure that they carved out that time of the day to sit down and, and eat a meal. Yeah. And, it, and it is, it's tough, because our kids are very active, so they're, yeah. they're involved in athletics and just all kinds of things, and then some of them now are working so it becomes a little bit more difficult but we try to make sure um and and you know sometimes we have to incorporate some help you know get somebody in here to help us kind of put everything together and then come and let's at least sit down at the table and have a conversation without the television without the cell phones but it's huge because it gives you that opportunity to connect um mike you say something all the time about if if parents spend a certain amount of time with their kids they're guaranteed not to backslide you know know, um I don't know if folks on the family or someone talked about this many years ago and said if a father spends at least 10 minutes quality time, quality time with their children, their children will never backslide because they always have an opportunity to listen to the father, Uh you know, and. So we take that at heart. We may not have the opportunities because kids are older. Everybody's life is more busier that you do it all the time. But we take those quality moments now. Uh purpose moments now that we able to spend as a family and um and we have to be careful because we have extended family and we have church family and we have yeah it's kind of like grand central station so there's always somebody but like last night you know with with my daughter's um 14th birthday we we recognize and for her she just wanted her family there she just wanted her brothers and her sisters and her mom and dad. And that was the most, outside of anything that we could have given her, she just wanted that time to sit with us at the table and just enjoy. And it was yeah. the best time ever. So it's, it's absolutely huge and necessary. Yeah, it's it, and it's it's underrated. You know, Dealing back with specifically with what you do in politics and talking about the atmosphere, Mike and I were talking before we, we sat down to start recording the show, is just the tone of politics today on both sides. And I think both sides contribute to the environment that we have. It's not all one side or all the other side. Let's just call it like it is. It takes two people to have an argument. That's right. Okay. And I don't know, and this sounds a little bit pessimistic, I don't know if in the near future there is an end to it without unfortunately something really tragic happening. Yeah, I, I mean, it's, 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 it's sad. And, you know, I have a saying that I always say, that the character of any community is determined by its leadership. Yeah. And, I, and I mean that even from 
uh, um, a national perspective. Sure. I think that what's going on is the tone that's even coming yeah. from from national because it's mostly know, national yeah. to be honest. And yeah. so and and, the, and it's and it's coming down and, yeah. and it's being felt even on a local level. And so right. I think people have to make a decision at the end of the day at the core of are we going to follow that tra- that trend or are we going to step out of that and make this different and be uh-huh. something that we know that we're supposed to be. And so I think the more of us, you know, and I say this all the time, there's more of us that believe in positivity. Um, being positive and coming together and doing the right thing for the right reason is it literally now is the time for those individuals all of us that believe the same to step up to the plate and say enough is enough we're mm-hmm. not going to allow our community to explode we're not going to allow this 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 dividing line to get further and further because that's real easy you know that becomes the easy thing to do because everybody's right. doing it but it, it takes those individuals that believe in more to step outside of that box and say no we can and we will be more and I think that's where we are I'm optimistic I believe that um uh, a change is coming. Uh, I hope. My, my hope and prayer is that it won't be tragedy. Sometimes people need tragedy, you know, and, and as Mike mentioned, you know, sometimes God will allow you to experience a tragedy so that you can understand and and, and value the triumph. Uh-huh. And um, if he's trusted us with the tragedy, then there has to be a, a triumph on the other side. You know, I, I, I don't have a whole bunch more to say. I think she hit that one on the head on that one, Clay, because, you know, the thing I, I just, I still believe in people. Yeah. yeah. You know, and if I think about it is if you stop believing, man, you'll stop doing. Yeah. As long as you believe, you'll, it'll put your heart to doing something. Yeah. And that's where faith really comes in. It's, it's you know, and I, I believe there's a promise over this community. I believe there's a promise over this state. I believe there's a promise over this nation, man, that America will be great. Yeah. Um, this community will be great. But it's going to start with ordinary people. Yeah. It's going to start with people loving each other. I, uh, uh, Dr. King's program I spoke at here uh, in the Guardia area yesterday, one of the things I just spoke on is is just love. You know, the the, the thing that we have to do is get back to loving one another and practicing, you know, that love and that compassion with our fellow man, you know? And so that's what it's really going to take. That's what's going to change the parties. That's what's going to change the climate of people. But you said something that was real key and I just want to share this and I know we're bored in time, but you know, it's really about, doing something as well and you know I remember several years ago Mike woke up and he looked at the newspaper and there was these young African-American men on the front of the papers about three or four of them three or four murders right there and and he said and I I will never forget the look on his face he had this look on his face and he said I'm he said I'm done I can't I can't do this anymore he said we've got to do something and so that week we started Young Kings and Queens Academy and the, the the intent for Young Kings and Queens Academy he said I can I don't want to see another young um, African-American male or young young person lying dead on the street. We've got to yeah. do something. And so we put together Young Kings and Queens Academy as a leadership institute just to, to be able to share and say it's okay to be different. It's okay to step out of the norm. This is how you resolve conflict. And so I think part of it is wishing, hoping, praying, believing, but at the same time, you got to put some action with you that. You know, that. Faith without works is dead. So uh-huh. you got to do something because mm-hmm. to, to, if you lead, other people will follow and they'll do the same thing. Yeah, we can't do the same thing. We can't just we can't continue down the process of doing nothing right and thinking that we're not eroding or we're not stepping back uh we have to continue to press the issues doing the change you know you've been such a catalyst and so many different change agents uh bringing in different partners that can help 
bring stability to hard situations. Yeah. Well, and, and, you know, I, I just, um, I can remember being in a conversation early last year, I think it was, and it was kind of a disagreement about the, the philosophical reasons why there is poverty in the inner city. Mm -hmm. And there wasn't a disagreement about whether or not this is true, that there is, there is poverty. And as, as history has shown us, people tend to have the most crime in areas where people have the least. That's right. Mm. That's the truth. But I said, you know, one of the frustrating aspects of this kind of conversation to me is we can sit around this table and debate the reasons why children are starving Mm -hmm. or I can give a kid a sandwich. Mm. Exactly. I'm kind of a give a kid a sandwich guy. And, you know, when we've walked in these communities and people have asked about it and said, we really, the only goal is to just introduce people to one another. Right. Right. And, you know, and we've talked for a long time. Gosh, what was it? Can do way back when you're talking 20 years ago and all that. And, and the thing is, it's just really about, doing something, anything. It doesn't have to be big. You don't have to give a bunch of money. Just do something. And I always want to be able to say, I did something for someone else. And it's easier Mm -hmm. to feel better about that than winning an argument with someone over why it's happening. Yeah, we'll, exactly. we'll, we'll talk an issue to death, but at the end of the day, are you willing to roll up your sleeves right. and get in there and be a part of the solution? And I think the more the more that we're able to roll our sleeves up and get in there and be a part of the solution, because we all know the problems, Clay, mm-hmm. and we can sit there and have all these hundred thousands of forums and conferences and all of this about what the issue is, but at the end of the day, where's the blueprint for how do we get from where we go. are to where we need to go? Yeah. And I think it takes those 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 levels minded people, those creative people, those people with courage to say, you know, even if it is just a little bit, I'm going to make a difference right here. Sure. And I'm going to go ahead and hopefully if everybody plays their role and does their job in the the word of God, it says we're all members of the same body. We all have a different function and a different role. And if everybody plays their role and does their job at the end of the day, the body functions. Right. Go ahead, Mike. Plano, Plano, Texas is the number one crime free place in America. Yeah. Just outside of Dallas, for it's people just who don't north know. North of Dallas, yeah. those that don't know. But the median income in Plano, Texas is $150,000. Right. Mm-hmm. 98.9% crime free, $150,000. So, what would happen if I brought $150,000 income to Easy Town, Scotlandville? <laughs> <laughs> you, know, I, you know, to every household right. that's there. Right. I think, you know, and so we have to just start looking at it. And then we're starting this thing and this conversation inside of us. And I know we have a bigger issue, but we're talking about faith. We're talking about family. We're talking about politics. And inside of my house, you know, I've decided, you know, a long time ago for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Mm-hmm. And so I'm doing that and making sure that my family is loved. But I'm at the same time. That, and uh, that I'm being that good example of what a father should be, not just for my home, because I, you know, um, in, in the area of 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 of, of, of mid city and town that we live in, that we could have, you know, just quickly went everywhere else. Oh, sure. But we stayed for a lot of times just to be the example because they had no marriages in the uh-huh. neighborhood. They had no one getting up going to work in uh-huh. the neighborhood, uh-huh. and so they had no fathers in the home. And so a lot of the kids on the street, the first spankings they got, I gave them. Yeah. You know, so we have to reach out. First birthday cakes. First birthday cakes. We gave them. Before you, I want to, 
number one, compliment that that you are doing. And I know that people have to understand that's who you are as a person. That's your character Mm -hmm. as a man. Mm -hmm. What you said is such a missed point Mm -hmm. that I, I, my buddy of mine, Steve uh, Atkins and I sat and we had this conversation. I said, you know, man, whenever there is a reference to African-American males, Mm -hmm. there is almost a correlation to the worst aspect Right. of African-American, mm-hmm. people who are out breaking the law, mm-hmm. up to all kinds of no good. Mm-hmm. And and very rarely mm-hmm. is there a light shown on the people who every day are helping in communities who are home, mm-hmm. who come home, who, who, are, right. who have relationships with their children. Mm-hmm. Those of us who can be doing anything on evenings mm-hmm. or on weekends, but are out in the trenches right. trying to help other children. Exactly. We should talk more about that because mm-hmm. I think if there is more conversation about that, you can draw more men to what someone like you is doing, exactly. who is being a, a father mm-hmm. to children who are not yours. Kudos, man. Man, one of the great things, uh, and I, I, my hat's off to the men of Lighthouse, man. I mean, we've raised up some men <laughs> that really have come from some difficult places. Yeah. Everybody got a story. <laughs> yeah, Yes, indeed. But when I look at them and uh, I look at the great fathers they become, and, you know, um, you know, the Word of God says that you can tell a tree by its fruit. And so... I want to leave a legacy and we want to leave a legacy of great fruit, man, of yeah. great relationships. We always want to put a, situ- uh, uh, a, a situation in a better situation, leave a situation in a better yeah, situation, right. better yeah. place yeah. than it was when we got there. And that's been our goal. And I know Tara, since she's been a council person, she said, man, I want to leave my district better, mm-hmm. you know, than it was when I got there. I want to leave every relationship. And that's, we attack everything that sure. way because we believe that we are truly the change agents, man. Um, uh, I think uh, it's a calling. It's an anointing. It's an appointing for the time, you know. And so I was telling her today, you know, as we, uh, you know, approach the 50s, I'm uh, going to get off in there and say, you know, the next 15 years are, are real yep. monumental to us, yep. you know. And so we want to stimulate change. So yep. some economic things we want. I'm not waiting for the next big hat to come through. No, we're going to create some jobs. We're going to create yeah. some housing. We're going to do some things yep. to see our community. Yep. And, and I think it's about assignment driven. You know, what is the, what is the assignment? And, you know, for me, people said, Oh, you should run for this. You should run for this. When I was, you know, coming up to, to um, reelection. And I said, you know, no, I, I want to finish this. I mm-hmm. want to make sure that district 10 is left in a better place than when I came. And, and so it's important to me to be able to leave a legacy. And I think it, the same holds true. Legacy. You know, it had, what was the assignment? We could have moved out of the neighborhood years ago, Clay, sure. you know, but, but it, has the, has the assignment been completed and have we done what we needed to do for us? And, and, and I thank you for giving kudos to Mike, cause it's true. My girls, their goal in life is to marry a man just like their daddy. <laughs> and that's, that's, huge mm-hmm. and um and and they our, our kids biggest complaint going back to family is mom and daddy spend too much time together, mm-hmm. we're always together. <laughs> yeah. but that's i mean great. that's a that's a that's a great thing that's to right. have them say and like yeah. i said man if you if you ever are around michael and tyra it's like man you ain't faking that it's like <laughs> <laughs> mnt we're mighty together so so you know i didn't want to and, and we didn't get into the minutiae of politics and all yeah. of that because you know it can be talked to death i think you know people are getting to know y'all hearing us have this conversation yeah. 
and and one of the other things as you look at right now and you did this and this we'll leave we'll do this and then we'll wrap up you and Trey Welsh a colleague of yours yes. on the Metro Council uh, some months ago had a series of conversations and then you had a gathering I think in early November yes uh, and it was about race relations yes. and I have often believed that we over talk like there are plenty of racists and bigots in society. Mm-hmm. Lots of them. Mm-hmm. But man, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. do we have to give them so much spotlight? Because I do think that they are outliers in 2019 now compared to most other people, because most other people either don't really care right. or they're not into that. Right. That's right. So tell me what was your goal, you you and Trey, for doing this? Right. And what do you think the feedback and outcome has been? So the, the sessions were um, developed in an attempt to allow each each everybody to get a chance to hear one another. We yeah. had conversation. You're right. There was a whole lot of talk, but it wasn't any any specific kind of talk with a purpose and Mm -hmm. so we were very very creative and you know mike and i teach a session in our couples academy where you know we'll put something in the middle of the room and i actually did this in the race talk and i said if i tell this this um the spouse to draw that side of that um item and and the other spouse to draw this side of the item they're drawing the same item but they're looking at it from a totally different perspective Mm -hmm. and so what you have to do in terms of mending relationships a lot of times in couples ministry is you have to take that person around take them by the hand and move them around to the other side and show them what it looks like from their perspective and so for us it was really about showing each other what it looked like from the other perspective. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was it was it was raw. We had conversations about names that other races would call each other, and you know things that 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 other people just even had no idea right. was the thought. Like one lady in in one of the topics said, you know, it makes me really uncomfortable when y'all say white folks, and you know it was just and so mm. in the room it was like you know. Nobody even really thought that that was an issue. But she said, it kind of makes me feel like we're apart and we're separate and we're over there and y'all over here. And oh, it's the white folks. And so it was just those little kind of nuggets, you know, um, that were brought to the forefront in a very comfortable, very transparent, very open way. And it was just more of an understanding. Let's just understand each other. We don't have any agendas. Mm -hmm. Nobody's trying to to start anything Mm -hmm. crazy. We just want to understand each other, the way that we talk, the way that we communicate. And so that was really the purpose of it. And um, it's continuing. They're going to do an implicit bias training as well. And so um, those those conversations are are continuing. We'll have to get uh, the two of y'all in here one time and and have a conversation like that for the podcast. Yes. And, uh, and do that. I, you know, I think it's I think it's necessary for people to act like adults and have mm-hmm. adult conversations. Yes. Mm-hmm. And we don't do enough of that. So for people who are wondering about Lighthouse uh, Christian Fellowship Church, let's talk about the church where mm-hmm. people can learn about the church and then where you guys are on social media. Yeah, well, we're located at 1564 Nicholson Drive. Um, we have services right now at 11 o'clock on Sunday mornings, man. And um, it's just powerful, man. Uh, God. We're on Facebook. We're on um, yeah. Twitter. Yeah, you can uh, send Instagram. <laughs> yeah. So we got we got some young folks so in the you in the church. They, they got us all acclimated <laughs> to all the social media outlets. Got and so now you can go on. You can see Pastor Mike and in, in the got middle you on of, the gram yeah, now. They got, Mike? Us now, so. they got me. Got me. They he got likes me out it. There. But it's, it's and really you live good. stream your services every yeah, Sunday. Yeah, yep. every Sunday we live stream. Um, uh, on my Facebook channel, Mike Wicker. Uh, you can send me a friend request and we will accept it and uh, get you hooked up so you can see that. And definitely on the web is Lighthouse um, 
uh, CFCBR. Right. And right org. now, uh, you know, and God has really given us extreme compassion for marriages and family, man, because we believe that's the greatest gift you can ever give your kids is a strong, healthy marriage where they don't have to worry about divorce, they don't have mm-hmm. to worry about stuff. I understand life happens. I understand stuff happens. Sure. But we're going to do all we can to help stop that from happening. Sure. And so every Monday now at 7 in the morning, uh, we brought, we um, broadcast, uh, broadcast our. Um, Monday mega marriage moments. Yeah. And so yeah. we take a segment of one of our couples academy sessions and we kind of give everybody a little snippet. And, um, it's and about 15, 20 minutes. It's a fun it's way just, to start your morning. It's a fun way to start your money. It's a, it's a little nugget that you can chew on. And if you work on it a little bit that week, whether it's communication, whether it's divorce, whether it's sex. Intimacy, intimacy whatever it is. Whatever. Yeah. It's some yeah. good stuff. So we yeah. do a lot of academies because we just believe at Lighthouse it's not about just going to church on Sunday. Sure. So we engraft everything that we do into the culture of our family. It's a family church. A lot of young people, young kids, um, and older people as sure. well. Very diverse. Yeah. And so we have a wealth academy. We have a, um, a health academy. Mm-hmm. Uh, so everything that uh, we believe touches people's lives, we'll create an, acad- an academy to allow people to come in and actually learn and feel like they are a part. So lots yeah. of ways of getting connected. Yeah, it's, it's a fun. church. It's a church for all people, man. Yeah. Well, church for everybody. Listen, I've I've enjoyed this and us mm-hmm. sitting and talking. Hopefully, y'all have enjoyed it as yes, well. And good. you know, we'll have to Real get good. we'll have this to is get the first the, time we've ever done this outside of our, our our recording that we recently started. So this has been fun. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, awesome. the chemistry is great. The truth is great, and I do think it, it's for a number of reasons. It is a, a necessary thing for people to hear and see, and I think you know what I mean. Yes. So it, it's very very important. Appreciate what you guys do for this community. Appreciate. Uh-huh. Appreciate you, Clay. Appreciate Thank you, you so man. much. Thank you. you. Give my best to the junior partners. <laughs> we will. Ages we 23 to 4. And, and There's a lot the, of them. Wow. Funny story. We're, we're at the game. And so um, your your son is the oldest. No, actually, he's the third. He's, the he's, third. he's 17. 17. Okay. So, so we have a 20. I know we got we have some more. So we have 23 year old okay. and an 18 year old daughter. And then our 17 year old. Okay. Son. And then and then you have a daughter right under him. Right. She's, she's 14. a cheerleader, right? She's a, she is she's the oldest. She's, well, she's, she's, she's the oldest. So she's on the cheer team. They're 13, They're 13 months, months apart. apart. Well, Mike told me that she was like your twin. Oh, yes. Yeah, she is. And then we're sitting in the stands and she comes over there. And I look at Mike and I'm like, man, <laughs> you are not lying. Yeah, he's talking about Holy TJ. That's cow. Trinity. She's Miss Southern High this beautiful, year. Beautiful, beautiful child. Like, but man, yeah. she is Tyra's Twin, unbelievable. I told I said, you see some people that speak to you that you don't know. Just wave your hand and smile. <laughs> they might be saying, "Hey, t- <laughs> hey, Tyra." <laughs> All right, thanks, y'all. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. Hi, this is Mayor Sharon Weston Broom, inviting you to listen to the We BR podcast, an initiative of my Women's Advancement Commission. Our show will air the first and third Wednesday of each month. We invite you to listen to our podcast by visiting www.podcast225.com. That's www.podcast225.com and by subscribing through the Apple Podcast app. That's We Be Our Podcast. 
Executone of Louisiana has been helping businesses in Baton Rouge save money on their telecommunications for over 40 years. Executone will help businesses upgrade their phones and intercom systems, save money, and never have to worry about local customer support. Doctors' offices, hospitals, schools, businesses, it doesn't matter. All kind have depended on the good people at Executone to upgrade technology and save money. I have a question for you. Do you like saving money? Sure, of course you do. Here's another one. Do you want to keep the most up-to-date phone and intercom technology while saving money? That's what it's all about. That's a no-brainer. Don't get sucked in by out-of-town companies who are not here if you need technical support. Executone has been here, and they believe in the value of customer service, baby. Don't take my word for it. Give them a call, 225-295-3500. That's 295-3500. Oh, look them up. ExecutoneLA.com. Executone of Louisiana. They still here, and they're going to continue to give you great service. Nothing but good vibes in that conversation. The vibes are not so good between members of local government, some community leaders, and the Exxon Mobil company, at least the division of that company here in Louisiana. It's mad, folks. Next week, we'll try to dig down into that. Big week coming up next week because the Waiting Room podcast returns. Dr. Mary Catherine Rodrigue and Dr. Katie Fetzer will be returning with another episode of their fantastic show. And it will also signal next week, that is, the launch of the Generations podcast hosted by former Baton Rouge Police Chief Jeff LaDuff and his son Kelly LaDuff talking about a great number of things in episode one centering around Chief LaDuff's time in law enforcement culminating with him becoming the first African-American police chief in the history of the city of Baton Rouge. So I think you're going to enjoy the conversation. I I alluded to this last week that uh, you probably don't want to play it on the loudspeakers at work just because there's some colorful language in it. And it's appropriately used language, but colorful language nonetheless. So be forewarned. The We BR podcast is going to be returning the first week of February, as well as another edition of the Waiting Room podcast. And how about another edition of the Generations podcast? So that's going to be good. Looking forward to next month and all these shows here on podcast. 225.com. Actually, scratch that. The way the Generations podcast is the second and fourth week of every month. Second and fourth. So you're gonna have to you're gonna have to wait an extra week to get that. All right. You can reach out to me. My email address is clay at podcast225.com. On Twitter, it's at Clay Young BR. On the gram, it is Clay underscore Young BR. On Instagram, for people who don't know. Hell, I just found out that that's what the kids call it not too long ago myself. And what did I forget? Facebook, just Clay Young. Thank you guys for listening. Like and share when you see posts about this or other podcasts on our site. We appreciate you being here with us. Have a great one. We'll catch you next time. Thanks for listening. Join us next week for another edition of The Clay Young Show.